Hi guys, welcome back to Reality Time, podcast connecting artistic organizations and startup organizations to understand the differences and see where these groups can support each other. And today we have Nick Lazito, Nicholas Lazito from Misty Peak Tea, and um, we're also drinking tea. So it's about time we cool. have an episode about tea on Reality Time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Hi, Nick. How are you today? Hey, doing really good. Thank you so much for having me, VC and John. This is such an honor. Yeah, we're stoked. We're stoked. We we want we can't wait to hear all about tea. We've you know I looked over your website and I was like, whoa, I've learned. Uh, <laughs> I I I, 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 cool, I don't man. have that much information about tea, so I'm excited. Can you tell us how you got into tea and and how this journey started for you, your passion and how you yeah. created this company? Absolutely. Yeah. Basically. Um, I'm now about 30, and in my early 20s, I was traveling the world uh, looking for something, like most people probably do in their 20s or teens or 30s. Um, I mean, I was doing yoga in India and uh, and doing meditation in Asia, kind of just looking for that thing, whether it was a breakthrough or a way to find so-called peace or whatever it was. And uh, I happened to be, at this time, in uh, about five years ago, I was taking photos in a village in southwestern China, the province is called Yunnan, and I heard it was a place where I can go and see tea being made, and I like tea just as much as everybody likes tea, but I didn't really know anything about it. I just knew it was leaves that you add to water, pretty much, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to see tea being made, and long story short, I, I was walking through a village, and it was raining, and a young man invited me in for a cup of tea, and that cup of tea turned into a pot of tea, and that pot of tea turned to me living with him and the family, producing tea for about three years. And through that, I ended up obviously falling in love with not so much tea, but tea culture and tea farming and agriculture, and obviously what comes out of tea as opposed to just uh, the mere beverage of it, but more so the lifestyle of tea. And uh, all along, I was trying meditation and taking, you know, um, meditation cushions to my family and say hey let's go meditate together and five minutes later they would want to get up and leave now I can uh, you know pour a cup of tea for a family member and enjoy hours of conversation that that wouldn't be as uh, available if not for tea I see wow that's that's exciting so it's like you started to explore tea and figured out that there was a lifestyle and a way of life around this I love the absolutely on your website that's like let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food like, right and and the one that the one that i think uh captures that your story is the one of like you can go a week without food but not a day without tea <laughs> and, and yeah you know, exactly I, I definitely resonate with that and thought yeah that's actually true <laughs> i drink tea yeah but absolutely. i don't really understand so um that's beautiful um, so after you start, started that, how did you go from ex having that experience to becoming someone that created it? What were the steps that you took to bring this not not only to your family? Because I you also won an award last two years out of fifty four thousand five hundred right. T's, right? So how did you go from having that experience in Asia and then bringing that to back home and not only to your family but to a broader audience like how what was the what were the steps? yeah good question 
Yeah, good question. I think uh, I think a lot of businesses are started out of passion, and a lot of businesses are also started out of maybe somebody seeing a problem in the business or the product is the solution, right? So in in my case, that was that pretty much was uh, was the steps. I mean, I saw something in tea that I had never seen in anything else. I mean, meditation has beautiful, beautiful, um, good side effects or or things that are good for us. But it's so hard to dive into that. And again, yoga is is the same way. But it's hard to dive into it, or hard to do it right, or hard to share, or hard to talk about it without sounding like a, a spiritual guru or something like that. Whereas with tea, it's so easy to pour somebody a cup of tea, and it's so easy to to boil water and say, "Hey, let's have a drink together." You don't even have to talk about the tea, and uh, with a tea that's a very, very high quality tea, which maybe we can get into, um, there's a lot of effects to it, and that's why tea is a traditional Chinese medicine. It's the only medicine that's prescribed for daily use in traditional Chinese medicine, as far as I know.、Um, So to, yeah, to answer your question, it was something that I I saw. Hey, this is something I really enjoy. I would love to share it.、Uh, I didn't know a dang thing about tea or the tea business or or really anything. But、uh, long story short, I just <laughs> I got I was in Asia at the time and I wrote an email and started sending out that same email to different tea shops in America. I said, Hey, I'm sitting in a village right now in China. I'm drinking this tea that's made by a family member, and、uh, it's a small family of three people. They're pulling these tea leaves off of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of year old trees, and they've been doing it for hundreds of years. The same family. It's organic. It's really good. Can you want to try some? And、uh, long story short, some people wrote back and said, "Yeah, let's give it a try." And within the idea that I I came up with a name, I sent out those emails, and I had maybe about ten thousand dollars in orders, all within.、Uh, Probably about one week. Wow! Yeah, wow. It, it was pretty amazing. And for what helped me so much, and what helps my business so much, is that I happen to have a little bit of a niche, or maybe a lot of bit of a niche. Everybody knows tea, and not everybody knows oolong tea, but everybody knows some green teas and stuff like that. But there's a very small subcategory of tea called pure tea, which is the tea that I deal in. And、uh, basically, long story short, it's from this small region of China, and it's in fact the first tea that was ever cultivated on Earth, and it's now becoming very popular in the West. Yeah. So, just a brief thing about the tea is that most tea is picked from bushes that are, you know, five, ten, maybe twenty years old, and they're at hip height, and you know, beautiful pictures of plantations you see with the long rows of of tea bushes, whereas this tea is picked off of Giant trees that have been growing for hundreds and hundreds of years. In fact, the oldest tea tree on Earth is、uh, not too far away from the family where I lived with, and it's about two thousand years old. And they're still pulling tea off of those. And、uh, so it, it, I had that niche, and and the way that can apply to any business is not go find a very specific kind of tea, but it's more so to specialize. And I think, you know, if If、uh, In-N-Out hamburgers started doing tacos, they probably wouldn't be that good. And it's kind of the same thing. When you go somewhere, you want to have the best that they could possibly have. And they have a menu that's 25 pages long. They could probably get rid of 24 of those pages and have their their specialties, what everybody likes. 
and more and more people are going to the baker to buy bread as opposed to going to the grocery store to buy bread. And I think that's kind of the way that the, uh, the, the culture is moving right now to go to people who really know their products and specialize in their products and are kind of able to connect that, uh, that producer with the end user in whatever that product is. And that's obviously what we're trying to do. I see. Wow. I did not know that about priority. Um, yeah. I've, I've gotten an opportunity to try it at some tea um, venues in San Francisco. Um, cool. But just based on that, like taking becoming tea becoming an experience for people, and I I slowly hear that. Um, I guess. Yeah. Um, a very interesting question I have is I was just at a friend's place, and you know I was looking on a tea shelf, and each like she had like like maybe five or six different teas, and then on uh -huh. she labeled them with the temperature and time that it should be boiled for or something like that. And I was like, right. ah, is that, can you tell me, like, is that a way to consume tea? Is, is Like, do you have to treat certain teas a certain way or serve certain teas or in particular yeah. a certain way? Yeah, good question. Uh, with tea, it is... Uh, um, there's, there's kind of two different teams or two different sides on tea right now. And just like anything, my grandfather collected antique books, and I would go to these book fairs with him. I'd see Shakespeare for $2 million. You know, you, you break into any field, and you realize that there's some crazy, serious people about these things. And, uh, and I think the more and more and more serious we get into something, sometimes we take the joy out of it, right? Yeah. And uh, that's kind of the way with tea, and that's the way that tea is moving. I think right now, I'd imagine that you probably went to some of the tea shops in, in uh, maybe Chinatown or something like that in San Francisco. That you know they have all the pots and they have the proper vessels and the way to prepare it and this and that. Um, and those things do bring out the best potential of the tea. So when you're when you're mentioning uh, water temperatures, there are definitely suggested water temperatures for different kinds of tea. For example, like a black tea is is more durable than a green tea, so you want to you can go higher temperatures. Okay. But it but it doesn't mean that you have to. Um, like for example, if you take a black tea to boiling, which is 212 degrees, it's going to come out maybe how it usually should. It's going to come out very dark and have a little bit of bitterness to it. However, if you go way down to like 160, 170, which no one would probably tell you to do, a lot more of the sweetness is going to come out. And when you go real high with temperatures, uh, that, that's kind of how it goes, is, is the bitterness comes out. And some people really enjoy bitter in tea, so it can go either way. But yeah, I think the important thing is to, to keep the joy in it, to not get caught up in steeping times or temperatures or this cup or that cup. At the end of the day, it's just leaves and it's hot water, and just enjoy it and, and get the benefits out of it. And if, you, if the other stuff comes along the way, that's great. I've gone down that way, and at the end of the day, Sometimes I just take a handful of leaves and I throw it in a mug and I add some hot water on top and I'm as happy as could be. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And um, is Pur uh, caffeinated tea? Is it is caffeinated. Tea? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, is it? But is it like what are the amounts? Is it a lot of caffeine or not? Yeah. So there, there's a tea. T a is basically from. In America, we're one of the few countries that doesn't have a law on the name tea. In other words, if you take ginger or raspberries or strawberries and you put it in hot water, now it's ginger or raspberry or strawberry tea, right? 
<laughs> yeah. But uh, but tea is in fact the name of a it's the it's the breed of a a plant. So that plant is what produces green tea, white tea, black tea. It's just like uh, you know a hamburger or a, a steak all comes from the same animal. It's kind of the same thing with with uh, tea. It all comes from the exact same plant, more or less, and it's just processed in different ways. Uh, if that makes sense. No, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's kind of in the middle range of caffeine. Um, poor tea has something unique in it called L-theanine, which is basically an amino acid that counteracts what caffeine, the negative effects of caffeine. So, for example, if you take uh, you know a shot of espresso or a cup of coffee, it doesn't have that that L-theanine to counteract it. So it's just a big spike. You know, you feel it really quick, and then it had that crash. Whereas tea, and especially poor tea, is more of a, a kind of like a time release. In other words, you know, you feel it over two, three, four hours. It's just a nice calm rise and a calm come down. But uh, there's no crash and there's no spike. So it, it's nice in that way. And that's kind of why it's more user-friendly in a lot of ways than uh, coffee. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to chime in and ask a question myself. Um, you mentioned earlier the uh, cool. effects of a really high-quality tea, and um, I'm just interested in that, like, how... how I'm sorry, you... I, uh, it's kind of breaking up there, John. Oh, sorry. Um, you were talking about the effects of a really high-quality tea, and I was just curious about how what kind of effects those are based on the quality. Okay, uh, it cut up a little bit in the first part, John, but did you ask what are the effects of, of the poor tea in terms of quality and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the really high-quality teas. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah, perfect question. Yeah, so basically, uh, and I know this isn't a tea podcast per se, so I won't go too deep, but uh, basically quality is there's so many steps that uh, – there's so many factors, I guess you could say, that, that determine quality. One of them is the very first step, which is the the bush or the tree in itself. And was it treated with pesticides or was it treated with, uh, with just love? And then the second one is how it was actually handled by the farmer or producer. And did they use machines or did they use traditional style? And then... Uh, and then, you know, every step along the way has some kind of determinant of, of how it's going to be quality-wise. But when it actually gets to us, there's there's a tremendous difference in uh, how we feel when we drink a tea that is not of good quality. One of them that's very common in tea, all tea, is uh, stomach problems, stomach gut problems. And those are usually associated with pesticides. And... Um, those are common in all kinds of tea, unfortunately, even poor tea. And I say even poor tea because poor tea is, again, picked from very old trees, which a lot of the farmers don't really like to use uh, pesticides on those because they're kind of, you know, uh, family heirlooms in a way. But um, so some of those things, yeah, some of them can definitely be stomach issues and just a not, it's, it's kind of like you know an alcohol or a food that's that's not good quality. You can you can eat some kale that makes you feel very good, but if you eat some kale that has pesticides and it's been sitting around for a long time and it wasn't handled well, you're not going to feel good. And 
the, the other side effects that might that are very common are you know the bad side effects of caffeine for it, maybe it was a young tree or they picked it in off season four is only in pretty much all tea is only picked during two seasons spring and autumn and you have something that's picked during summer or winter and it just makes you feel jittery and it's picked from some really young uh, bush and it just makes you feel really anxious those are never things that tea should uh, make someone feel it should make you feel calm and relaxed especially poor tea in <clears throat> in the uh, and some real serious tea stuff, it, the cha tea, which is like a tea drunk or a tea high, a, a tea energy basically, that uh, that should be pleasant. It should make you feel comfortable or or maybe upbeat or inspired. Uh, I mean, this is why they use it in uh, meditation and whatnot. But uh, yeah, quality is going to definitely affect how you feel during that moment, essentially how your body is throughout the life of you drinking that tea. See, and, and poor also helps with, well, poor, right? Is that say correctly? Yeah, poor, yeah. Poor. And it also helps with digestion, yes? Yep, absolutely. It's called the, uh, in China they call it the weight loss tea, and um, it's it's definitely good for the gut. Yeah, a lot of people will drink it, uh, maybe you've seen it in, in China, or in uh, Chinatown or SF with dim sum. They often drink it after, uh, after heavy meals that are very greasy and stuff like that, and it helps the metabolism it's it's kind of like uh, you know smoking or eating when you do those things they're very comforting because it sends the blood to your stomach so think about or the air to your stomach you know you take a cigarette you take a nice breath and all that air and relaxation and calmness goes into your stomach and that's what poor tea does in a good way it, it it increases circulation in your stomach, which inevitably it increases your uh, metabolism and helps you digest, but also just gives you a comfortable feeling. I see. Awesome. Wow. Well, you guys out there, go go get some poor. <laughs> you, you, know, you need that on your you need that on your shelf. Yeah. Um, so after you got those those um, those orders for the tea, I guess you were in business, and have you kept on, or how is business going? Expanding. What, what is your, how are you seeing the culture um, or how are you participating in expanding that culture? Yeah, so um, poor tea was almost unheard of maybe 10 years ago and barely heard of five years ago. And when I started selling the tea, I know of one other guy that was selling the tea in America. And now I know of probably about 25 and uh, it's becoming more and more popular, but at the same time, as there's more companies popping up, there's more tea drinkers that are interested in poor popping up. So it's it's a win-win in some ways. Um, but my my approach is very different from a lot of people's. So I have again a little bit of a niche even within this own market. And uh, for one, I only I only source from one family, one farm. I only offer one tea. Whereas even people who only do poor tea, which is only a handful of those guys, people who only do a poor tea, they're getting them from all different factories and massive uh, establishments. You know, they're carrying 400 different teas, and they don't know the story, they don't know the farm's name, they don't know the elevation, they don't know where it came from, they don't know the age of the tree, they don't know much of anything usually. And sometimes they do, but it's, it's you know, it's very uncommon. And uh, so I try to specialize. I mean, I, I miss a lot of sales because I don't sell oolong or white tea, but 
that's not where my passion is, so it, it would probably just burn me out of the business if I even tried. Um, but with that, it gives me a beautiful position because, you know, it's like Ralph Lauren doesn't make cars, and so they have to make clothes really, really, really well, and they only made, you know, jeans and T-shirts and ties and stuff like that for a long time. And so they had really good jeans and T-shirts and ties, and they were able to super hone in on that and make sure it was specialized. And, uh, you know, for me, I love simple things. I love having a really, really good T-shirt. I love having a really good pair of shoes. I love having a really good tee. And I think that's how a lot of people are, too. Just We don't have to have, you know, 10 different kinds of cars or 400 pairs of shoes. Just simplicity is so beautiful. I think that's the beauty in tea, too, is that it's just a, such a simple thing. And when the simple things in your life are beautiful and great, then I think your life will be great. You have great relationships with your parents or your friends. You know, you have great food when you can. And uh, and with that, that's that's what's helping me to grow the business is making this tea accessible to everybody. They don't have to even know what poor tea is. They don't have to know how to use all these pots and boiling waters and all this crazy stuff. I mean, I have it in grocery stores and in all kinds of places that people have never heard of poor tea. And... Um, just to get that tea out there so that that feeling and so those benefits are accessible without having to say, hey, everybody meet me up here and try all this crazy Chinese stuff. I meet, I try to meet people in the middle and make it accessible to, uh, you know, the, the mass population that, that wants to drink great tea and feel good. That's awesome. Wow. So beautifully put. The simple uh, things in life, you know. Is there, is there anywhere in San Francisco that we can get Misty Peak teas? Um, in San Francisco, no, I don't think so. There's a bunch in, uh, I have some in Davis and Sacramento all over. Um, we're in, altogether about a thousand stores, um, but about maybe 350 or so tea shops. But, uh, not that I can think of in Sacramento, or in San Francisco, no. Okay, so we can But I can always out. send it, yeah. Okay, cool, we can reach out directly. We would love some. Absolutely, man. <laughs> That'd be, I'd really be happy cool. to. Um, well, I guess I should ask this. How how often do you meditate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I, I did, a, as a side note, I did Vipassana meditation, which is a beautiful practice. And when you start off in the practice, usually you go to a meditation course or camp or retreat. And it's uh, I think it's about 12 hours of silent meditation for about 12 days. No books, no paper, no pen, no talking, no nothing. And uh, went to that extreme to learn how to meditate. And, and now um, I try to do you know an hour or so a day, usually 20, 30 minutes in the morning, 20, 30 minutes in the evening. But incorporating tea into that has been so beautiful because it's, uh, I mean, it, you know, wine was spread by the, the priests of, uh, of Europe and tea was spread by the monks of Asia and these things go so well together and so I mean I consider myself when I when I'm drinking tea I consider myself to be meditating just quiet reflection hearing the water boil feeling the cup in my hands breathing relaxing just tasting the tea and not looking at my phone or doing anything else and that's kind of what meditation is just feeling that moment and whatever that moment is wow so much intention with that that's awesome yeah. Thanks so much, Nick. And then Misty Peak, is that in reference to where? Or can you tell us how that Yeah, happened? exactly. It's uh, the mountain that I was 
that uh, I was on that the tea is from is um, it's about 7,000 feet in elevation at the highest point. And, uh, yeah, it's a tropical jungle, more or less. And, you know, there's bananas out there that grow nearby and, and of course, tea trees and stuff like that. So it's it's very misty in the morning and very cloudy and just absolutely gorgeous and, and magical. It's very green. And, uh, yeah, I definitely tried to, to bring some of that out with, with the name, yeah. Very cool. Wow, this yes, is so sir. exciting. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Um, yeah, if anybody wants to wants to try the tea, reach out to me. I'm happy to to put together like some kind of sample package for anybody, or if they have questions or just want to talk about tea, I'm always happy to talk about tea. And I I think one quick thing that uh, is important to to think about when diving into anything, but maybe tea especially because there's a lot of it was on Dr. Oz recently and. Uh, we were on NPR recently and stuff like that, and it's it's very common for these people to say poor tea is very good for you, and it's also very common for a doctor to say drink eight cups of water every day, and what people really mean is drink eight cups of clean water every day, or drink very high quality poor tea or green tea or black tea, and so when diving in and starting. If, if it's uh, somebody starting off in tea or starting off in poor tea, I often get asked where to start. And I think with anything, whether it's, hey, I want to see if lobster is good, or I want to see if I like steak, go get the best first. Because that way you'll see if you really like it or not. If you start off with something that's mediocre or that's not that good, then whatever it is, uh, you'll be turned away from that thing, unfortunately, maybe forever. So start at the top. See if you really like it, because there is a lot of poor quality teas or whatever it is out there that might turn you away from it. So definitely start at the top as much as you can afford or, or care to, and uh, and give it a chance and give yourself a chance too. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh man, and, thank uh, you guys. You guys are doing something beautiful. This is you. awesome. Thank you. We love to share information and good things with our friends as well. What kind of tea are you drinking, PC? Oh man, John made this tea. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, John. Gunpowder green and uh, some mystery jar that we found in the kitchen. Nice man. It's, hey, the, it's the Chinese people say the best tea is the one you have with you, so that's awesome. Oh cool. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Nick. Thank you so much. Oh, uh, thank you guys. Thank you so much too, John. For yeah, yeah. Uh, getting to chat with y'all. Take care. All right. Blessings, you guys. Take care. Blessings. Bye-bye. And there we have it. Thank you so much, Misty Peak Tees. Thank you for tuning in to Reality Time. We're always so excited to share these success stories with you. We, we encourage you to go out there and um, search for some good tea and start with the best. Merchants of Reality is the producer of this podcast, and I'm your host, BC Abatero. Check out merchantsofreality.org for upcoming events. Um, last Friday's is coming up, so feel free to check out the venue on 285 9th Street. And um, yeah, we'll see you next week. Much love. <laughs>